Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, and that includes your story. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. Jeremy Saucier is the Assistant Vice President for Interpretation and Electronic Games, and he's also the editor of the American Journal of Play at the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. Today, he gives us the exciting history of an American icon, an American original, the pinball machine. I would say pinball is an American icon. It traces its roots back to a French parlor table game called Bagatelle. Sometimes it would be in a form that looks similar to a, a pool table. The player would get to hit a ball, often with something that resembled a cue stick that we would use today in pool. Initially, the idea was to avoid pins. There'd be these little wooden pins and a lot, a lot of different versions of the game. And eventually that evolved into where you actually had fixed pins and scoring holes. The kind of link that, you know, if you were to say a missing link, 
between Bagatelle and Pinball happens in the late 19th century with an English immigrant to America, Montague Redgrave. He patents in 1871 what he called improvements in Bagatelle. And that introduced the spring-loaded ball shooter, what today we would refer to as the plunger. The idea of also adding sound effects or sound to the game by putting bells on the play field. The first pinball machines made this type of game into a coin-operated machine. It took that play field and it essentially monetized it, right? It placed it in a, a wooden case. It put a piece of glass over the play field to separate the player from the game. As you think of ramps and flippers and all those things, that's starting in the 40s and 50s. The first game that introduces the, the idea of really like, let's have flippers to actually control and to bat the balls around is 1947. This game, Humpty Dumpty, had six flippers and they were on each side of the play field. This changes pinball, right? It makes it much more interactive. And that becomes particularly important to the kind of public debates that are gonna happen about pinball. The best example of this in the, the early 1940s is in New York City. Mayor LaGuardia bans pinball, actually does prohibition-style raids to kind of root out pinball. They had been associated, and in some cases used, in gambling, in essentially money laundering. I mean, you have these bands in Los Angeles, you have them in Ohio, I mean, they're all over the country. There's all these associations and all these anxieties around what are children doing with their time? The stories about kids stealing you know, lunch money or stealing money from their parents to go to play pinball and it being a gateway to organized crime. There's a pinball moral panic. But you start to see that kind of break up in the 1970s. There's an important event that happens with the New York City Council in 1976 with a, a major pinball player at the time, Roger Sharp. In 76, Sharp and a number of, of folks who are really in support of overturning that ban go before the New York City Council. And in this sort of dramatic, you know, Babe Ruth calling his shot moment, he plays a pinball game in a way that shows the counselors that Pinball is actually a game of skill. He can tell them, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm gonna show you this is how you can play pinball and affect what's happening on the play field. It was overturned with a vote of about 30 to six, 30 to five, 30 to six. It's probably also worth mentioning that in the 1970s, pinball was extremely popular. New York City also saw the fact that, hey, this is gonna be a revenue generator, right? Because we can license and register all these machines and make money off of them. But what's also happening is the introduction of video games. Video games were making a tremendous amount of money, particularly in the late 70s and early 80s when there was an arcade craze. And so there was a tremendous amount of effort being made by the burgeoning video game industry to kind of inject respectability into the coin-op industry as a whole. And so they helped to legitimize pinball, but they're also seeing that pinball is in some ways pushed out of the arcade. A lot of what it becomes, I think, has to do with the influence of video games. You see video game themed pinball games going into arcades. There's a Defender pinball machine. There's a Space Invaders pinball machine. What you also see is them trying to incorporate the form and some of the conventions of video games into pinball games. There's a game called Hyperball. It took sort of mini pinballs. You had a trigger and you're just firing balls at these targets on the play field. It was difficult to understand. You were spelling out words. You were also trying to stop these bolts of lightning from coming down and, and hitting your base. And it just didn't work you had that level of influence where it was really directly affecting the games. And then the other piece 
I think, is that you now have these development teams that are led by designers, but you've got engineers, animators. It's a completely multi-sensory experience. It's really bringing people into these immersive spaces in this really beautiful marriage of technology, of art, of storytelling and play that really comes together and I think kind of immerses you in what today is pinball. And a great job by Chrissy, our intrepid intern, and a special thanks to Jeremy Saucier, who's the Assistant Vice President for Interpretation and Electronic Games and editor of the American Journal of Play at the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. Again, the story of the pinball here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. And we continue with our American stories, and now we bring you the story of Game to Grow, a nonprofit that uses Dungeons and Dragons as a tool in therapy. Here to explain what they do are Adam Johns and Adam Davis. Um, as we talk to, to people kind of around the country, and especially people who are not not in the gaming or um, or kind of geek um, atmosphere or culture. Oftentimes they assume Dungeons and Dragons is a video game. So here's, here's how I usually describe it. Um, there's one person who acts as the sort of head storyteller and referee of the game. And they know most of the rules and they can explain most of the rules to the game. And that person's usually referred to as the dungeon master or the game master. And they sit at the head of the table and they describe stuff that's happening in the world. And then everybody else who's sitting at the table um, is uh, just playing a character in that world, a single character. And they have a piece of paper that tells them things like how strong their character is or what kind of equipment they have or what kinds of abilities they have. And this all takes place in a fantasy world, much like Lord of the Rings, where there are swords and bow and arrow and uh, full suits of armor and of course, magical spells. And the dungeon master might describe something like, all of you have uh, decided to venture into this dark cave where you can see that there are there's mildew growing on the walls, there's mold, um, and there is a um, dripping coming from the stalactites in the ceiling. You're here because you've heard of a tremendous treasure um, that apparently was lost in these caves a long time ago, and you've decided you're going to go after that treasure. Maybe even you have a map to help guide you through. And as you travel further down into the cave, it's very dark, um, but you can see that the walls have been carved out like somebody has carved them with man-made tools. And you travel deeper and deeper into this cave system until finally you open up into a, a large room And in this large room, you can see um, across the way is a door on the other side of a very large gap. Um, And the gap seems to stretch very far down into the ground. But the thing that really catches your eye is that hanging above the gap, uh, clinging for dear life, appears to be a small gnome man. And he's uh, hanging from a rope. And he sees you as you walk in and he uh, shouts to you, Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for being here! I'm so happy somebody finally showed up! Please help me! And at this point in time, uh, the Dungeon Master then says, What do you do? And all of the players at the table get to decide what their character does to sort of overcome this, this 
challenge or this situation. So they might do all sorts of things. A uh, warrior character might um, leap across the pit and try to grab the gnome uh, to save him from, from falling down into the pit. A, um, a ranger or an archer character um, might shoot a bow with a, with a rope tied to it and tightrope walk across the, the pit and, and um, save the gnome that way. Or a wizard character who can cast magic spells might uh, use a magic spell that can pull the rope and get it swinging so the gnome might be able to jump off. And no matter what they do, they're going to do it together because all the players at the table are all working on a team together. They're not competing with each other. Instead, they are working cooperatively towards a common goal. And in this case, the common goal of the game is not the most points. It's not even to achieve a particular goal. Even in this case um, of the example I gave, you're not trying to get treasure. You're trying to tell a story. And that's one of the really brilliant things about um, games like Dungeons and Dragons is that the point of the game is to tell a story. And because that's really the goal of the game, because that's really the place that you're trying to get to, everybody at the table might have a different idea for what that story looks like, but they know they're all working towards that goal. Um, and that's what really turns it into a, a brilliant and amazing experience. As the dungeon master continues to describe things in the world, continues to describe whether or not the players' um, uh, attempts to, to do those things are successful, um, and the players get to roll dice to help add randomness and, and help determine the, the outcomes of their action, and get to really have the most open-ended gaming experience you can possibly have, where they can decide and, and try anything that comes to their mind in a very loose um, uh, rule system that allows you to be very flexible with the outcomes of it. A lot of game masters, to, to my chagrin, um, I don't like the fact that they often see themselves as adversaries of the players. There's oftentimes an antagonistic relationship where the game master uh, sees themselves as needing to challenge and there's like a ha-ha, your characters are going to die today because my monsters are going to be stronger than them. And we don't do anything like that. Um, our goal as game masters is very much to challenge the players, but also to keep them engaged and keep them excited. So we do that by challenging them the right amount, um, building on their ideas while they build on our space, um, on, on our ideas, because we are, uh, we're co-creating co and collaborating in this, in this game where that's oftentimes, uh, for many of our players, the first time an adult has said, what do you care about? What do you want to do? So then the players now see an adult who is playing with them, really playing with them in a way that is very healing to a lot of a lot of participants, especially ours, who are identified at school as as oftentimes being an outcast. People tell them what to do all the time, very rarely say, what do you care about? What is something that you want out of life? And so this is an opportunity where they can push boundaries and see what happens when they take up space and then have an adult be excited about the choices that they're making. We started doing what we're doing right now using Dungeons and Dragons in therapeutic social skills groups largely by accident. Adam and I both started playing Dungeons and Dragons when we were pretty young. Uh, got a lot out of it. We played games with our friends. We got to use all the, uh, all the mechanics of the games and the storytelling of the game to really get a lot of social outlet when we were kids. I, Adam Davis, was... Um, studying drama therapy because I had wanted to use the, the drama games and experiences that I had had as a performer and then as a drama teacher to help kids, um, help kids become more into themselves and learn about themselves and, and how they could interact with the world better. And so Adam and I met in grad school and I started picking up um, an after school program that was a Dungeons and Dragons program for quirky kids who needed a little, a little guidance and social support. And I took the game over and realized that Dungeons & Dragons is actually a, a perfect uh, modality for sit-down drama therapy. So we uh, started using the game a little more intentionally and then um, just barely scratching the surface. And then when um, my facilitator at the time left to go pursue other interests, there was an opening and I knew Adam from grad school. So we had kind of like done that thing where we uh, we, we brought uh, some things from our personal lives as sort of a get to know you activity in the very beginning of the quarter and both Adam and I brought dice. We knew from across the room that we were both named Adam. We both liked dice and games and so we knew we were kindred spirits. <laughs> 
Uh, so um, we we had that great moment, that sort of nerd nod uh, <laughs> from from across the room, um, and then uh, after the class, uh, Adam Davis came up to me and he said, "Hey, do you want to get paid to come and play improv games in Dungeons and Dragons?" And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds <laughs> that sounds like the best." Um, and at the time, the group was really just a, a sort of uh, drop-in social group. Um, and then when we came in, we started saying, there's a lot we can do with this. And we were both in a state of uh, sort of um, master's program um, desire to want to wanna use all the amazing theories and all the amazing stuff that we were learning. And we um, really had this tremendous opportunity to start diving in saying, oh my gosh, we're this, this is exactly what we can be using, all of these amazing theories, all these amazing things that we're learning, and we can apply them right here, but through the game of Dungeons & Dragons that we grew up playing. And when we return, we're going to hear more from Adam Johns and Adam Davis. Game to grow, and my goodness, I never thought of anything like this before. But by the way, people who naysay and talk down so many of the games that young boys and girls play, I don't think see the virtues a lot of these games and a lot of the social skills that can be learned playing them, and particularly Dungeons & Dragons because of its creative space. So when we come back, more of this story, Adam John's story and Adam Davis's story, their story here on Our American Stories. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash OAS. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. And we return to Our American Stories and the story of Game to Grow. And by the way, they hail from Kirkland, Washington. And now back to the story of Adam Davis and Adam Johns and how one of their childhood treasures turned into a grad school exercise and ultimately a full-time occupation in therapy. We got our first group going. The parents saw the outcomes. The parents started talking to other parents, inviting us to speak at other engagements. And then all of a sudden, the the ball started to roll. And then before we knew it, we have continued to grow. And we are now full-time therapeutic game masters and executive directors of Game to Grow. We have a a sort of a, a theory at Game to Grow where players play the characters that they need to play. So we have a lot of players who, like I said, are socially isolated, who don't have a lot of social aptitude, and they don't really have a lot of experience being charismatic or confident, but they pick characters who are aspirational. A lot of players come in and they they pick characters who are military leaders, who have on their character sheet that they are very charismatic, that people believe in them. And so we know right away that that's something that the, that these young people want to want to play with and want to explore. Um, we have players that come in choosing to play characters that are very similar to themselves, lone wolves who are very isolated in the game, and then we can help that character grow, and thus the player grow. And that lone wolf character who wants to go off and solve every problem by themselves, now we put them in a situation in the game where their character needs to rely on somebody else because Dungeons & Dragons is a fellowship game. It's a game where every character has a unique and special ability that that makes them special. And that's a great life lesson, is that you can't do everything by yourself. And people are gonna rely on you and you are going to rely on people. And here's what that looks like to ask for help. And here's how good it feels to be able to be the person who can step up and help out the team. In one particular instance uh, where a player really made a choice that I was not expecting, um, the characters had all made their way through this dungeon, and they came up into a room where there was, um, on in one corner of the room, a massive troll of legend uh, who had been imprisoned there. And in the other corner of the room was a series of three unlabeled switches. And uh, across the other side of the room was a metal door that was closed. And it quickly was explained to the players that um, one of the three unlabeled switches would open the door on the other side of the room, allowing them to progress further into their dungeon. Um, and the other two switches, when pulled together, would release the the massive troll of legend upon the players, but also upon the world itself. And usually how this works is that it's sort of a um, an interesting uh, challenge where the players can talk to the troll, they can figure out, uh, is the troll lying to us about which switch is which? And, and it's sort of a mix of a puzzle and a social challenge. 
In this case, we had one player who uh, had just joined the group, and the player had described their character as being impulsive and having um, a lot of uh, hyperactivity. And it was an appropriate character for that player to play because that, that player also struggled with those exact same challenges. And that player said, um, I run across the room and I pull all three switches at once. And I've run that scenario several times. That was the first time anybody had ever just decided to pull all three switches. So all of a sudden I had to decide, okay, well, what what's going to happen here? And what are the consequences of, of effectively just running ahead? And all the other players at the table had gotten out like graph paper and they were getting ready to like solve the puzzle. And they just stood and stared slack-jawed at their teammate who, who might have just done them all in. And what I said was the troll runs across the room and he picks up uh, the impulsive player's character, getting ready to eat them whole. And all the other characters, I said, you're, you're, you're the players at the table, I said, you, you can leave now. The door is open. Uh, but if you leave, you'll be leaving your teammate to be eaten by this, this massive troll of legend. And you'll also be leaving the troll to, to wreak havoc upon the world. You need to decide what your characters would do here. They are heroes in this world. What would they do? And they turned and they debated it with each other and they eventually decided that they would help their teammate. And so they enticed the troll back into the, the cage um, and re-imprisoned the troll. And at the end of that session, we always do a checkout at the end of every session. And at the end of that session, there um, the players all checked out with each other and the impulsive player said, I'm really glad that you guys helped me out there because my character is really impulsive and it's clear that they're going to have to learn how to be less impulsive. And I'm hoping that your characters will help teach them that. And one of the other players at the table also said in the checkout, I'm super glad that you did that because we're all here to basically learn how to navigate this space, how to learn these skills and be better at this. And your character doing that helped make me feel like, like I really belong here. I'm, I struggle with some of the same challenges, and it helped me feel like I belong. And it was an amazing moment for them to realize that they're all in a similar place, and they've all struggled to make friends, to connect with people. Um, and this is a place where that doesn't matter, where they can all get along and where they can m maybe have missteps but they can feel a sense of acceptance here. Part of our mission is to get more games into more communities around the country and around the world. We have traveled and we've done presentations and trainings for therapists who want to get involved. So what we've seen is that a lot of therapists don't have a lot of experience with role-playing games. And then the big barrier to entry, they, they hear the stories, they get excited, they want to participate in this emerging uh, intervention strategy, but they've, they're under-experienced in a game like Dungeons & Dragons. So one of our missions is to create a product that they can then take and it'll help them get started much faster. This project is called Critical Core. It is a beginner box for therapeutic game masters to start helping their participants almost right out of the box. So it's got a really simplified rule set. It's got a facilitator's guide for how to facilitate the game to be a positive pro-social environment with all the improv and all the stuff that we have added on as uh, incorporating the play therapy and drama therapy that we have into our game. But then also it's got a very specific module design where the storylines are directly related to a real world areas of social growth. So we might have the room that fills up with lava and that's a way to build frustration tolerance. Or the players have to go and get past a guard and that guard might have a slightly downturned mouth that looks like a frown and then we can work on theory of mind skills and perspective taking where now we can talk about uh, nonverbal social cues and the fact that that guard being sad or upset has nothing to do with you. You have no idea why he's making that facial expression, but in order to get past the guard into the next room in the dungeon or in the castle, we have to be able to relate to him, understand him, and communicate with him. So the, those three components going into Critical Core, uh, I think will really be how we can get this project out there. We, like Microsoft's vision of a computer on every desk, we want a game in every desk, a game in every school, a game in every hospital, a game in every clinic and therapist's office. Uh, that is our mission. So we don't want people to just game more. We want people to game better. Don't just game. Game to grow.
And what an interesting story. At first, when I was reading about it, I thought, why should I care? But as so often happens here on this show, you start to hear the story and you go, my goodness, what an interesting way to do therapy. Therapeutic Game Masters. And it just, well, it makes sense. And we've been telling Adam Johns and Adam Davis' story. Great job on this, Robbie. Robbie just sort of bumped into it. These guys are in Kirkland, Washington. And we love to tell stories from all over this great country. Big ones, small ones. Again, Adam Johns and Adam Davis. Game to grow. And I love what they said. Don't just game more. Game better. This is Our American Stories. conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we continue with our American stories and with our Do the Right Thing series about ethical dilemmas that's sponsored by the great folks at the Daniels Fund. And by the way, if you have stories about ethical dilemmas in your life, for better or for worse, making the right decision, making the wrong decision about something big and something tough and complicated, send them to ouramericanstories.com. These are some of our favorite stories because we get to learn from them, all of us, together. And today, Alex Cortez brings us a story about the man who inspired this series. The biggest thing that's lacking in one of the biggest things in the real world of business today is the ethical standards and integrity of some business people. We're listening to Bill Daniels, the late Denver businessman who's best known as the father of cable TV. But in 1975, before he fully earned that title, he was the owner of the American Basketball Association's Utah Stars, which wasn't a profitable team, and he was financially struggling. Here's former Stars coach Tom Nasalki. We started uh, started the season, but I could tell, you know, there was financial problems. He wasn't the same ambulant guy that he normally was up positive and uh, we really we really had some problems guys not getting paid so he ended up bankrupting the team which absolutely crushed him I remember he came to a practice and said this is what I'm gonna have to do I had to take bankruptcy with a basketball team that I owned in the state of Utah was the Utah Stars, we were the league champions. Times were tough and my bank shut off my credit. So uh, I had to get all my players together, all my staff, and said, we gotta shut her down. And I was miserable, let me tell you. I was crying and I was on the 10th floor of the Travel Inn in Salt Lake City, Utah. And my lawyer is a guy named Bob Nagel, represented me for years with my house counsel. And I said, Bob, I'm so heartbroken, I'm gonna jump out the window. He said, Bill, the luck you're having, you're going to live. (laughs) Now, the reason I tell you the story is I had temporarily stiffed citizens in Salt Lake City for $750,000 for season tickets that they'd been paid for and no more ball games. And we owed creditors, and that bothered the hell out of me. It's almost $2.4 million in today's dollars, and Bill couldn't stop thinking about it. Even though the debt had been legally wiped clean in the bankruptcy, here's his business partner John Seaman on Bill's special motivation when they created and later sold their second company of 15 cable systems. All along in the creation of the second company and with the incident of filing bankruptcy with the Utah Stars, had this pressing obligation mentally, morally, to satisfy all of his creditors. So he directed our accounting department to collect everything that was available at the time of the bankruptcy in the way of payables and keep track of them because someday he had to make that right. He often said his two objectives in life, one, he wanted to go to heaven, and B, he wanted to go without owing anybody any money or mad at him. So one of his compelling reasons to sell was to satisfy those obligations. In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a lot of money. At the time, it was a lot of money, but now that he's got 20 or 25 million, it's not a big amount of money anymore. But almost before we even closed, Bill is preparing to go back to Salt Lake to pay off those creditors. He's got a list of every one of them, how much money he had defaulted with them on, and what the interest rate would be to bring it up to current if he wrote a check, what would he owe him, including interest? And that was, I think, one of the most joyful times 
in Bill's life. More joyful than having made the money from having built up the company and sold it was the satisfaction he got of honoring his liabilities and protecting and preserving his name. And boy, did I feel good about that. I really felt good. And so did those on the receiving end. And mostly not for financial reasons. Here, season ticket holder, Jerry Howells. I remember getting a letter and I've tried to find it. I've tried and tried and tried to find it. I have not been able to find it. And I get this check for, it was, it had to be a couple thousand dollars. I was astounded. Then I really found out what, what Bill Daniels was all about in terms of his tremendous integrity. It's almost synonymous with Bill. Here again is Tom Nasalki, who at this point was the coach of what would be the second professional team in the state of Utah. I'm back coaching the Utah Jazz, and he calls, he calls me from the Little America, and he said, can you come down and have lunch with me? And I said, can I bring the sheriff? I thought, I want to arrest you. I was being a little facetious, and he said, well, things are going to turn out okay. And I came down, he had some guy with him. I don't know the guy's name to this day, but he had a ledger with him. And Bill started going over the names. He said, you know this guy? And this was like guys that were owed $10, much less season ticket holders. But he had like everything. I don't know where he got all the names. But uh, he, I mean, there were guys that were owed like, I mean, very, very little money, much less a season ticket holder or whatever. And then he said, are you getting fidgety about what I might owe you? And I said, not anymore. And uh, he gave me a check, which is worth, I mean, would be nice to have today. But then with at that time, a young wife and two young kids, it was uh, astronomical. And some of those less astronomical checks that Tom mentioned might have resulted from the unusual newspaper ads that Bill placed that asked for anybody that he owed money to to reach out to him. Here's former Stars coach Liddell Anderson in 2013. And he, you know, he could have not done that, but he did it. That's just the kind of guy he was, you know. How, how, many, how many people would do that, you know? But he did it. He made a promise to a person he carried it out. You could take it to the bank. I love, I love Bill Daniels. And I'll never forget him, of course. But I, my days are number. I'm 82 years old, and so I won't be wrong much, but he should never be forgotten. And if this helps a little bit, why well, good. And all of this love for Bill unexpectedly helped all of his future business ventures. Here's former Stars general manager, Vince Barilla. My personal feelings were that, you know, he couldn't have, if, if God had told him to do it, or if he probably did, he couldn't have done anything better because the money that, that he took and paid back, whatever the amount was, I always said to myself, I said, those were the cheapest dollars he's ever spent for PR in my life that I've ever seen. And, I, and he didn't do it for that purpose. He was competing in, in the cable world with you know multi-cable people. But if Bill met any of those people head on in any city that they were competing for, I guarantee you Bill got it because they knew of the caliber of person that they were dealing with. And to conclude, here's the late Bill Daniels speaking to students in the 90s. Now, the moral of that story is today, some 18 years later, I meet people in all over the country that say, aren't you the guy that paid off the season ticket holders at Salt Lake City? And I say, yes, that's me. Now, what I'm saying to you is I did not think that was such a big deal at the time. I just didn't want to have to live with myself. That's a case of examples of ethics and integrity that come back to you that you never dreamed would come back to you. It damn sure isn't the reason I went over there. I went over there because I had to look in the mirror in the morning when I shaved. 
And a special thanks to Alex for the work on this piece. And a special thanks, as always, to the great folks at the Daniels Fund. And the foundation of this ethical legend is sponsoring this great series. He's right about business. What is lacking there too often is ethical standards and integrity. Strong ethics, by the way, equals strong business. That's the thing Bill learned. Our Do the Right Thing series, sponsored by the Daniels Fund, here on Our American Story. Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.